Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about books by trans authors and interviewing author Holly Mahalam. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I started reading a book called Stronger, Faster, and More Beautiful by Arwen Ellis Dayton. Um, it is a book that was on The Guardian's top 2018 sci-fi books. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Basically, it's about, uh, I thought it was a novel, but I think it's going to end up being sh- kind of short stories set in the same universe, if that oh, makes sense. interesting. So it's about a world in which, um, it's a very near future world for us, but uh, we can you can modify your body using technology, right? So, oh, I, you know, I have a heart this is someone else's heart that, but also it has like some robots in it or something like that. Right. And then as it progresses, people can modify their bodies more and more so that, Oh, instead of hands, I have flippers, you know, like things like that. So, um, but it goes through time as far as what I can tell. Um, but I, I sort of have been going through the like 2018 top science fiction books. People are talking about and reading those. And this is, been on my list so sounds good yeah yeah i'm excited to see where it ends up what are you reading mallory i've been sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum as now i'm reading 2019 advanced review copies that we get oh yeah good idea and i'm currently reading the one that i was most excited for for the year that um we all know we're everyone knows that we are huge paul trembley fans here on reading glasses and i am reading his new short story collection called growing things which starts off with the growing thing story from uh, Head Full of Ghosts that the two sisters tell each other. Oh, yeah, cool. And so it's all horror stories. Um, and I'm halfway through it right now, and it is incredible. It is one of the best short story collections I've read in so long. There, There's so many different kinds of horror. There's uh, a great story about a mom who's a drug addict, and she's going to try to find her daughter, and you don't... She, like. A giant monster is overtaking the town, and you but you don't know if it's real or not. So um, there's, like, demon stories, and there's, like, fucked up psychological horror, and it is so, 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 so good. It comes out in July, uh, so definitely pre-order this. Put it on your library holds list. It's called Growing Things by Paul Tremblay. Oh, I got to get that when you're done with it. Hell yeah. That's, basic, that's the best part about doing this podcast <laughs> is getting books. Uh, So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, Librarian Leia writes in, and she says, pronounced like the princess. I thought about writing into your book repair episode with this story when you were talking about putting waterlogged devices into rice, but I'll just include it here. I'm a National Library Service librarian. Thank you very much. And we sometimes get our audiobook players returned to us as they wear out or get damaged. A woman came to the library one day with her mom's player, which had suddenly stopped working. I went to trade it in for her, but first took out the audiobook cartridge that was still inserted. As I did, a little shower of rice spilled into my hand. (laughs) Later, the woman called and told me that her mother had heard that you could fix malfunctioning technology by putting it into rice. One night when her player's battery ran out, she put it into a bowl of rice and some of the grains got stuck inside, making it impossible for the cartridge to slot in pro- properly. It's one of the more surprising things that's ever happened to me at work and definitely the weirdest thing 
that I've ever seen come out of a book player. That is the cutest old lady thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, I just like the idea that you hear that you can fix things with rice and you assume it's anything. Yeah, any but, you problem. Know, I'm just like, like, ugh, I can't get, I can't get the right the like, remote. Oh, my to iPhone case is cracked. I'll just put it in some rice. <laughs> it's very funny. That is so adorable. Uh, Sarah Riggle wrote in with their wheelhouse. Hi, uh, here it is. Hybrid Kindle physical book reader, by the way. And, and spoilers there. I love the people. There's such a map. Right, okay, yeah. So there's Mallory and Bria Camps. Yeah, so the, the camps that Sarah is in are, they both do physical and Kindle books, and they are spoilers in my category in which they don't care. <laughs> um, so uh, the wheelhouse is classic sci-fi with social commentary. Hell yes. Non-adolescent witchy paranormal stories. That's interesting because a lot of them are adolescent. Yes. Yeah. Romance with at least one aspect that was researched to death by the author. <laughs> Any driven, anything driven by psychology, cheeky history, anthropology, and linguistics. Biographies with obvious bias <laughs> and nihilistic literature. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, Tanner also wrote in with a wheelhouse, and Tanner's wheelhouse is animal familiars, Great. magic, music, huh. journeys to other worlds. Schools for powered like powered children, um, <laughs> elemental powers, retail workers, <laughs> myths and legends, men being vulnerable, steampunk, and queer teens too caught up in their own drama to realize the person they're crushing on is crushing on them as well. Oh, I like that as well. So cute. I'm going to say retail workers might be something also I enjoy, but there's not that many books by- about it. I think maybe because, like, my, like, you know, growing up and, like, working, like, in, like, retail or waiting tables, I do like books about that kind of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's such a, I think it's just such a universal experience that so many of us yeah. have. And it's weird there's not that many books I can think of off the top of my head that um, are, like, specifically about retail workers. Last Days of Video is really mm-hmm. good. Uh, convenience Store Woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, we want more books about Man, retail workers. Retail workers. So good. So you can always uh, email your wheelhouses to uh, readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk about trans authors, we're going to take a quick break. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. This week, we're recommending some incredible trans authors. Our current administration is trying to make it so trans people are not considered people. So we wanted to make reading a book by a trans author part of the 2019 Reading Glasses Reader Challenge. Because a great way to foster empathy and understanding is by reading. So reading stories by trans authors and thereby also supporting them is something that we are all about here on Reading Glasses. So we're going to talk about some of our favorites and maybe you can get some recommendations to tick off this box on the challenge sheet. Yeah. And when you do read books from the challenge sheet, be sure to post them to social media with the hashtag 
uh, reading glasses challenge because we want to know and we want to retweet them and other people want to know what you're reading. Yes. Um, just to start off first, we are two cisgender ladies. So um, to we want to be clear that we're not speaking as trans people in this. Yes. Um, but um, I also wanted to share a few facts before we started. Uh, I found a lot of statistics about how many people identify as trans in the United States, but it hovers between 0.3 and 0.6. But people think that that's very low. Yes, because in a lot of places it's not physically safe yeah, to be, and come so out as a trans person. come out as a trans person. It's very, and people are not living as trans people. Um, so it's it's a very low number. But just to put that in perspective for you, it's about the same number of people who are vegans. So if you say, I don't know a trans person, I, you probably do know a vegan. <laughs> so you probably do know a trans person. Oh, yeah. I like mean, some think- of my, I, I have a lot of trans friends. And uh, so we were really excited to do this episode and because we're all I mean, like you said, we're we're both cisgender, but we're so we're doing this episode as fans of these authors. And right. Like we think it's so important to read their work. Um, one, and a couple of them statistics just to put this all in perspective. In 2018 alone, 22 transgender people were killed in the United States um, because they were trans. Eighty two percent of those people were people of color. Sixty four percent were under 35 and 55 percent lived in the South. So it is important for us to think about uh, the trans community. It's important for all of us to recognize that and recognize that it's dangerous to be a transgender person living in the United States right now. Um, and that's just what we, you, we got. We should just think about that. Yeah, no, and that's why it's we, we put this challenge on there because it's so important to recognize trans people, support them, support the art that they create, and help make this country that we live in safer for them. So, Bria, what's your first author? Um, I so knew you were going to pick this you one. You knew I was going to pick Charlie Jane Anders. <laughs> um, I love Charlie Jane Anders. Bur- All the Birds in the Sky was my most recommended book for a while because I felt like it checked so many boxes. It's got magic. It's got science. It's got love story. It- everything about it. And then there's a short story book she wrote called Six Months at Three Days, um, and it is incredible. And if you're looking to do the Reading Glasses Challenge— and want to knock two off your list at the same time, you could read that to check the short story collection off of your list, um, as well as a book by a trans author. So I would definitely suggest that book if you're looking for a short story collection. What about you, Mallory? Uh, So first up, I have to talk about Caitlin Kiernan. I've talked about her on the show a bunch of times. Um, Some people might not know that she's trans. She's one of my favorite weird fiction writers ever, She's incredible. Her books are so terrifying and unsettling and strange and gorgeous. Uh, One of my favorites is The Drowning Girl. That was the first one I read by her. But uh, I always recommend people start with The Red Tree. Uh, It's a little, it's a great way to get into her books uh, because it's more of a, her books are very strange. If you were reading a Caitlin Kiernan book, you're like, oh, I can totally see why Mallory would love this because it's fucking weird. Uh, But The Red Tree is a little more straightforward. Uh, It's about a writer who moves into this old house in the country and she finds this manuscript in the basement all about this tree that's on the property and she be, she starts reading the manuscript and also becomes obsessed with this tree and it starts getting really scary and unsettling and you don't really know what's going on and it is so good oh that sounds great what's your next author um well i'm gonna do a shout out to tor because yeah, we, i've discovered so many of my new favorite authors through tor they send us books but also i just I think a lot of their books are just on a lot of lists that I read, so mm-hmm. I end up with like a lot of tour authors. And one of the ones I've discovered is Margaret Kiljoy, who is um, trans and also an anarchist. So many of her books have really great political undertones 
or perhaps we would call them overtones. They are very (laughs) (laughs) central to her books. She doesn't shy away from that kind of stuff, and I really like that. Um, She wrote this sort of uh, apocalyptic anarcho book, punk book, uh, called The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion, um, which had a recent follow-up called The The Barrow Will Send What It May, which is a hard word for me. The Barrow Will Send What It May. Um, I've talked about both of them on the show before, but they're short, little, like, those cool tour.com books where they're, um, they do these ones that are, like, you know. Novellas. Yeah, like novellas, like 100 pages or something mm-hmm. like that. So you, these are two that you should definitely pick up, especially if you're like me and, like, have, like, an anarcho-punk background and they really, like, they really scratch that itch for you. This is, I, I really like her books. Yeah, there was um, a comment on the Reading Glasses Instagram. Someone was like, I, I you know, Excited to read a book by a trans author, but I need to find one in my wheelhouse. I read sci-fi fantasy. Some of the best sci-fi fantasy writers right now yeah. are trans. So don't true. And like like we're saying, trans people are people. Whatever book, kind of book you like, there's going to be a trans author who is writing it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, next up, I love, love, loved Sarah McBride's memoir, Tomorrow Will Be Different. Uh, I think Sarah McBride is a national fucking treasure. Uh, she's the national press secretary for the Human Rights Campaign. Oh, cool. And her amazing memoir is about her life and coming out as a trans woman and working for trans rights. Warning, this book will make you fucking cry. <laughs> uh, it, it's like, because she married, when she married her husband, who is a trans man, he ended up dying from cancer. And that's not a spoiler. It's something that, like, she talks about right at the start of the book. And it's a big central story uh, in the book. And it will make you bawl your eyes out. But it is so, so, so good. And this is a great book to read because a lot of people, like, if you are cisgender, it can be hard to put yourself in the position of a trans person. And Sarah McBride, like, her parents were really supportive and uh, she grew up in, you know, a well-to-do family, came out in college. I think it does a really good job of giving you an insight of, like, what it's like even when you are in a really good position in life, Mm -hmm. how being trans and not you know not being out about it can be so painful and so so difficult even when everything else in your life is going okay yeah so um yeah this book is just stunning uh yeah the next author we both share it's daniel mallory ortberg we've talked about his book the mary spinster before he also has a book called text from jane Eyre, which is really funny um but the mary spinster is a bunch of short stories that are retold fairy tales and they're creepy and they're fantastic and they're so brilliant and uh, Daniel also has a great website. Ooh, another one that will check off your your short story collection. Yeah, uh, one list. And Daniel also has a great podcast called Dear Prudence, which is life advice, just super fun. Uh, yeah, he's just one of the internet's most wonderful people. Yay! Yeah, I love that one too. Um, lastly, I reached out to my cousin who is trans and. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I enjoy asking my family questions. Yes. Um, but also, he's trans, and I wanted to make sure that we had, like, a trans voice telling us what he thought we should talk about on the show. Um, his first person he said was River Solomon's An Unkindness of Ghosts, which is a book I also really, really love. It's like a transgressive space book. Um Great. If you're a sci-fi nerd and you haven't read this book, I literally don't know what you're waiting for. It's politics. It's, like, spooky. And it's science fiction. It takes place on a spaceship. It's amazing. Um, a few more he went, he he uh, told me that I wanted to mention. Gumballs by Aaron Nations, which is about—it's a comic about transitioning and general awkward life experiences. 
um, Normal Life by Dean Spade, which is about administrative violence and trans politics, which my cousin says he thinks is um, a very, like, one of the most important books you can read right now. Um, And he also suggested Finding Masculinity, Female to Male Transition in Adulthood by Alexander Walker and Emmett Jack Lundberg. He said this one is all about transitioning and how hard it can be and how and this one represents a lot of ages and a lot of regions in the United States and the world because obviously transitioning can happen at any time in your life. You Mm -hmm. can transition at 60. You can transition, you know, and so people I feel like there's a lot of focus right now on transitioning very young. And so to have a book that it sort of goes, you know, has people transitioning all throughout their lives is really great and through different parts of the United States and the world, which yeah. is, um, it's going to be very different to transition here in another, than in another part of the world. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's also, but thank you. Oh, yeah, but thank you to my cousin for letting me text you and <laughs> talk about it. Yay. We're so uh, proud of him. And there's a, there's a great ongoing anthology series called transcendent. Uh, there's currently three of them. The third one came out last year. Uh, it's edited by Bogie to Cox and it's a it's a speculative fiction story. It's all speculative fiction stories by trans authors, mm. which is super fucking cool. And it's won a bunch of awards, and it's really worth checking out if you just want to get a bunch of trans authors. You want to read a bunch of sci-fi fantasy all in one. Super cool. And uh, speaking of the Lambda Awards, have trans specific categories. If you're looking for more recommendations, like literally the Lambda Awards have like trans fiction as like one of their categories oh, that's cool. so you have years and years and years worth of award nominations and winners to go through that's rad so bria what are you going to read for this part of the challenge um the moment my cousin mentioned that gumballs comic i was like i'm gonna get that that sounds like something i love i love comics and i love ones that are this is actually probably part of my wheelhouse where um i love comics sort of based on people's life stories and like the like weird awkward things that happen in their lives um there's quite a few like that, but I don't know if I've ever read one by a trans person. So I'm, I literally ordered that. I saw it's arriving in my house in a few days. Um, and then one of my friends on Twitter told me that Sword and Laser's book club pick for, I believe it's this month, I believe it's for January, is Nine Fox Gambit by Yoon Ha Lee. And um, I don't know too much about that book, but I got it from the library and I'm going to read it next. So I can be a part of of a book club also checking something off the reading glasses challenge you know if you're looking to join an online book club we love tom and veronica over at sword and laser so yeah they do such a great job yeah they do a great job and apparently this is a book by trans author it's science fiction because it's sword and laser and they will be doing their book club book club where they read and talk about it on the show so it's a book club you can follow along with and it would check off one of your reading glasses challenges to be in a book club awesome what do you think about reading mallory uh, I ordered a book called I'm Afraid of Men by Vivek Shreya because I was as I was looking over books for this episode, I was like, wow, I have not read enough books by trans people of color. Uh, so this book, it's a nonfiction book about masculinity and how toxic masculinity still haunts the author even after she transitioned and like how w- watching the effects of, of it on her life and how they've changed and how they haven't changed. Um, and it was a book that came out last year. I'm super excited to read it. Um, yeah. Cool. So send your favorite trans authors, uh, not physically, just their names, to readingglassespodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Send them over. We'll give them some food, some we snacks. Would, we actually would love to meet them. <laughs> um, speaking of awesome trans authors, we're going to talk to author Holly Mahalam after the break. Hey, it's Jesse, the host of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. 
I'm coming to Portland, Oregon. We're going to be doing a very special live episode of Bullseye, my NPR interview show. It's taking place Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall. What are you going to see if you go to Portland, Oregon to see this show? You will see me live on stage talking with folks like Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney, director Lance Bangs, writer Bill Oakley, Simpsons legend. Uh, we will also have live music from Roseblood and live comedy from Katie Wen. It's going to be a blast and a half. It's also part of a big podcast festival called Listen Up Portland. Tons of other great podcasts are playing at it, too. Our pals, the Doughboys, among others. So, again, that's Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at listenupportland.com. And thanks. So here we are with author Holly Mahalam. Holly, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. Holly, what are you reading? Well, right now I'm reading uh, uh, books about horses. And uh, it's, uh, it's always a little research that I do for my, for my writing. I find that when I'm, whatever subject I'm writing on, it's helpful to do research and, you know, make what I'm writing about more vivid and more interesting. So can you tell us about what would a unicorn do? Well, it's, uh, it's a fictional story about a uh, transgender woman named Holly, big coincidence there, who uh, goes down to her local gay bar and meets a unicorn, unicorn by the name of Sassy Pants. And Holly becomes friends with the unicorn, and she ends up uh, – meeting all the other unicorns who live in the forest and she goes to live with the unicorns. And it's a, it's a story which um, focuses on uh, LGBT people, um, issues that we face in society, struggles we have. And by introducing uh, supernatural, adorable unicorns into the mix, it makes it possible to have a cute and enjoyable uh, story that isn't too heavy. Um, so that's it. It's really all about uh, LGBT folks in, and unicorns. And the book ends up with uh, the unicorns uh, providing a uh, unicorn wedding for a gay couple. So it brings in uh, gay, gay marriage at the end. And you also have something on your website called Ass Sassy Pants. Well, that's just, uh, that's there because I... I find in the in the articles that I write, I ended up answering questions and um, trying to be helpful to people who are in our uh, little world. And so that's there in case anybody wants to submit a question. And if so, I will put on my unicorn horn and try to answer the way sassy pants would want me to answer. <laughs> I love that. So um, this episode is all about trans authors. Can you tell us your process for finding some great trans authors or books? Well, I, uh, when I f first um, got into uh, being a transgender woman and really came out in society, I, being a reader, because I've been a reader my whole life and I've read, read so many subjects and so many authors, famous authors and so forth, so I went back and searched out the most important uh, books of the past written by transgender authors. 
and um, because I I felt it's it's important to be part of that same um, group of of authors going back uh, fifty or sixty years. So I ended up reading uh, a book called Mark nine forty seven by Calpurnia Adams. Um, she has a she's a wonderful wonderful writer and tells a, a vital story about uh, the discrimination that transgender people can face. Um, so there's there's just uh, uh, opportunities to go out and look for authors of the past. You know, try, it's it's difficult to keep up with the modern authors and books that are coming out this month and next month and the month after. Um, so I try to ground myself with sort of the best authors of the past. And what is your research process like? Um, well. I try to keep in touch with what's going on in the LGBT community in Cleveland. So it's, it sounds a little funny, but I, I consider it part of my research to go out and attend events and make friends and be active at the LGBT center, um, to go to demonstrations and, and sit-ins, I mean, uh, for what that's worth. And just to reach out to every possible person I can, because this is the way to get stories. When you meet people, you hear their stories. And that is part of the research that goes in to my writing. It may not affect what I write this week or next week, but it's part of what I bring to the reader is to have that history that I've experienced. And are there any authors or books that you really, really love by trans authors? Um, I loved... Uh, <laughs> I love Branded by Rosalind Blumenstein. She's a, she tells a story of coming out and being a transgender woman back in the 70s. Um, and she was a sex worker in Manhattan back in the days when before 42nd Street was cleaned up. And it just it's just so heartbreaking to hear what she went through and the struggles she had. So it, it just, um, it, it makes it just lifts my spirit to, to read about her bravery and what she went through, um, you know, 40 years ago when transgender was something that was considered a perversion, but she did everything she could to live her life uh, honest and out in society. So I just admire her so terribly much. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, and can, so can you tell us about your reading life? Do you have any reading quirks you want to share with us? I, I'm one of those people who starts a book and if I don't finish it, I, I incur tremendous guilt. So, but as I get older, I begin to decide that if I'm, if by about page 55, I'm not engaged, I, I've decided that I don't actually um, give up on the book. I just take it and put it back in my bookcase and promise myself that I'm sure I'll get back to it some other day. So it's, it's uh, you know, you have to have a sense that um, you as a reader, um, your time is valuable. And I want the author to have that awareness and to get on with it and to provide me something in the book that engages me quickly, tells me where it's going and begins to move me emotionally um, soon in the book. It doesn't have to be the first five pages, but 
you know, don't don't give me a hundred pages and then think you can start in after that. So um, I've been a more disciplined reader, I think, now as I get older. We we totally agree with that, Holly. We are very much about don't don't have book guilt over books you don't want to read. <laughs> so horses, unicorns, what else is in your reader wheelhouse? What will get you to pick up a book? You know, I I um the reason I got into horses is because obviously they're they're much like unicorns. And I when I started writing, I I wanted to say things about unicorns and I realized that these are not the uh, unicorns from My Little Pony. These are these are smart uh, adult unicorns. They are sexually active unicorns, and um, I wanted to give something to the reader that gives as much um, realism as possible. So I had to study and learn about horses so that I could r- make what I wrote about unicorns more realistic and believable for the readers. Because you can't make this stuff up, number one. And number two, when I began to read about horses and learn about them, it was fascinating. And it became, um, it was just a whole new world opened up to me, which I'd never been involved in or cared about in the past. And I just have been so happy to be able to share um, the story of horses and as a species um, with the readers, I mean, you can't you can't have um, a symphony with one note. You can't just have LGBT. Uh, you have to have the unicorns, and you have to have the horses, and then you have to have humor, so that there's a variety of things going on in the story. And you know, it's not always sad and it's not always stories of discrimination and hardship. It's also humor and happiness and fun. Um, so you, you know, you have to remember your reader is a human being and you have to engage their sense of humor. So that's, that's really what I, where I'm going with the horses right now. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I need to go next after that. So that's kind of where I am right now. we, we totally agree with you. We did an entire episode on horse books because we think they have such a huge following. Oh, terrific. Oh, then I have to plug the book I just read. It's called The Soul of the Horse by Joe, okay. by Joe Camp. And it is absolutely amazing. It is so, uh, so heartfelt and beautiful. Um, and, it, and it shows you that even now today, people who own and train horses have learned how to deal with them in a more uh, kindly and compassionate way. You know, they don't break horses anymore. Now they befriend them and make them part of the family. And it's just, it's so uplifting and exciting. Awesome. So speaking of when can we expect the next volume of what would a unicorn do? That is coming out, I think in February. I've, I'm working with the, the topographer right now to get the, get the manuscript uh, edited and, and put in good form. So that'll be coming out in February. And then volume three, I suppose, maybe this time next year. So it's, it's an ongoing story of Holly living with the unicorns, and it doesn't really have an end. It just goes on and on and on and uh there's no place I'd rather be than living with the unicorns. <laughs> so 
Uh, where can we find you online? I am at hollymahalam.com. H-O-L-L-Y-M-A-H-O-L-M.com. Holly, thank you so much for joining us. I was happy to be here, and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share what I love about unicorns. Now it's time to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Elise writes in, do you guys have comfort reads? What are they and why? What about it is comforting to you? Bria, what do you think? I think any sort of world building book is a comfort read to me. It can be dystopian, can be science fiction, can be fantasy. Um, I think what I like about a book that what is comforting to me is that I want to lose myself for a book in a book. I want to something to just occupy my mind. I want to live in that world and not live in this current world that we live in. <laughs> and I mean, this is just a, this is an example. I think everyone can sort of not everyone, but a lot of people can. Uh, relate to which is that I distinctly remember reading Harry Potter for the first time and having dreams that I was flying around and doing <laughs> magic and and it was like these great dreams and I'd wake up and be like I I can do magic but I can't spoiler I can't do magic <laughs> spoiler Harry Potter does magic or is that what you <laughs> want us to think um, but I think I really just enjoyed those books because I I like a lot of people because I felt like they really immersed me in that world. And that's, it does some world building. It's not crazy amounts of world building, but, you know, you do have to learn the lore of the Harry Potter universe. And so I think that that, I mean, that wasn't the first book like that I read, but it's one I distinctly remember being like, I want to jump into this world and live in this world and not think about anything about mm-hmm. this world while I'm reading. Like, I'm not thinking about, did I do the dishes? Did I turn the oven off? Like that. Like, I should no, think about I get my house I elf to do it. <laughs> yeah. Where's my little Dobby? <laughs> next to you. <laughs> Birthday is currently sleeping on the couch. It's true. Next She's to snoring. Um, Mallory, what about you? What do you, what do you find to be a comfort read? Uh, so besides some of my favorite books like uh, Neil Gaiman's Stardust and His Dark Materials uh, by Philip Pullman that I've read like 50 million times, uh, I love reading stuff by Shirley Jackson and Kelly Link and Ray Bradbury as my comfort reads. Um, I love weird fiction. Uh, the writing is so beautiful and I've read them so many times. That they're like my weirdo friends comforting me. Um, I also love reading really scary haunted house books because it'll take my mind off whatever I'm anxious about. Sure, yeah. Because you know that you ha- when you have that moment at the end of the horror movie where you're like, ooh, I'm so happy to be back in my real life where yeah. I'm not being chased <laughs> by monsters. I have that feeling when I'm done with a book. I'm like, oh, I'm worried about paying my taxes, but at least I'm not being eaten by a werewolf. It's very true. And I think, I think I love reading weird fiction and scary things because it's the only time I can enjoy and take part in unexpected things. And you, you know me, I am very organized and normally anything out of place or unexpected, anything that I can't control, I get very panicky. But when I'm reading weird fiction or horror, I can enjoy it without mm. feeling anxious or worried or anything. I can just like be, that's like my fantasy world is being in a world where like things don't make sense or they're messy and unorganized. And I'm like, oh, it's so crazy. Not, I haven't picked up that sock. But normally I get so like anxious about that shit, but I can be in that place and deal with it in weird fiction. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like it's a bit of escapism, as I think is both yeah. of our comforts. You want to fly, and I want to be unorganized. Gosh, I want to fly so badly. God, I want to not you know have people to be are like or- invis- pick up all the socks. When people are like, "Would you like invisibility or flying?" I literally do not understand that question. Yeah, how would you not want to? I mean, unless you're afraid of heights. I think you would not be the fear. I actually am fa- afraid of heights, 
But I'm afraid of falling. Because if you fell, you could fly. I would just show. <laughs> <laughs> no one could see my hands. But, like I was like Superman for a second there. I love that. Like this is our magical world. Is like Bria is literally flying through the skies, and I'm just like organizing next sex? to a, a really poorly made spreadsheet, like yeah. not even caring. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I just can't believe people choose invisibility. Yeah, I that I don't is get that shocking to me in every way. Yeah, unless like I guess if you're really shy. But even if you're really shy, Rude. you could fly away. Also, you're invisible because you're you want to go through people's stuff, <laughs> which I also want to do. But you want to you want to hear what people are saying about you or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Why do people want to be invisible? If you were invisible, you then- see girls changing in the locker room. And then how are you going to pet all those dogs? The dogs aren't going to see you. (laughs) The dogs are going to be terrified of you. Maybe that's what dogs are barking when they aren't barking anything. They're barking at someone who's invisible trying to pet them. Ooh, that's a good question. How could you tell the difference between a ghost and a poltergeist and an invisible person? Oh, that's true. Ooh, spooky. Here's that would answer. be a great Here's the answer. Someone made the wrong choice with flying invisibility. <laughs> That's how you know the difference. That'd be a great book. Is that someone tries to exercise a ghost from a house, but it's really someone who's just invisible and caught in there? You should trademark that. <laughs> so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags, shirts, and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. Link in the show notes. Don't forget also, we now have a newsletter. So yeah. sign up for that newsletter. We put the link in our profiles. We'll also put the link on the Maximum Fun blog so you can get all these books sent directly to your inbox every month. Yes. All the books we talk about. Um, and if you like the show, a great thing to do for us is rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. Helps us reach more readers. And with every uh, milestone we hit, we try to do something really fun. We're currently trying to get to 600. So when we do that, we're going to drop a fun AMA episode. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Uh, you could follow along on the Reading Glasses uh, 2019 Reader Challenge with hashtag Reading Glasses Challenge. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. To see a world in a grain of sand. Thunder rumbled in the distance, the clouds flushing blue. It was the start of senior year, and after unpacking, they'd gone up on the roof to watch the storm roll in. And heaven in a wildflower, continued Eli. He lifted his palm until it seemed to rest just beneath the lightning. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand. Honestly, Eli, said Victor, perching on one of the folding chairs that scattered the makeshift patio. Spare me the scripture. Eli's hand fell away. It's not the Bible, he said testily. It's Blake. Get some culture. Excerpt from Vengeful by V. E. Schwab. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.